Mm-hmm. Like I remember still like having, if I had a print of paper, I had to put it on the floppy disk. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Dinner Views. I'm Matthew Francis and this is basically a show where I get to cook a dream dinner for one of my amazing friends and then just kind of catch up with them and interview them about their life thus far. And today I have an amazing person with me, Keanu Moju. Hi. Hi Matthew. <laughs> How are you? How are you doing? Good? I'm good. I'm good. hungry. Good. I hope you're going to feed me. <laughs> I'm here to give you so much food. Um, but the first thing, before we get into actually eating, there's like a few games and segments. I make you wait for oh, the Oh, I like, I gotta work for it. Yeah, you gotta oh, work boy. for it. Nothing comes for free in this country, huh? No, not at all. Damn. Um, but, so the first thing is, basically, we are already really great friends. But people who are watching may not know you or myself that well. Okay. Right? So, first, let's say we had just met. Give me your, like, abridged elevator pitch life story. Who is Keanu Mojo? Oh, blah, 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 blah. What, where do I begin? From birth. I'm first generation American, so come from immigrant parents. I'm, like, the experiment child. They're like, do we like it here? Mm -hmm. Let's pop one out in this country and see how we feel. So, like, my mom's from Kenya, my dad's from Nigeria, and I was born in the Bay Area, so Northern California. Mm -hmm. In Oakland, shout out to the Bay. Yeah. Um, and like kind of like lived all over the Bay, like Berkeley, Richmond, San Ramon, just like all these towns you've like never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in high school, went to boarding school on the East Coast. So I got a heavy dose of winter life, the very young teenage age. Uh, and I got the concussions ice related to prove it. Oh, do you really? Oh, no. I slept on black ice many times. Yeah. Um, I've been there. Yeah, but somehow they trapped me. So I stayed East Coast for college. Mm-hmm. I went to Syracuse in even colder weather, which I didn't know was possible, but uh-huh. it gets colder. Um, came to LA, you know, was like, what's up? Didn't really like it. Yeah. Ran to England for grad school and then somehow ended up back in LA. Right. And when where did we meet? We met at work. So right after I finished mm-hmm. grad school in London, I started working at BuzzFeed for Tasty in LA. So I literally was like still in London interviewing, like from my like little dark apartment because it was like nighttime when I was interviewing. Mm -hmm. And then came back to La La Land to cook. Yes, and then I loved working with you because you were one of like the actual foodies on the team that I could really nerd out about when it came to food. Like on a different level though, because like I never went to like culinary school as an adult. Right. I don't like being yelled at. Didn't seem like my prime education environment. Exactly, okay. But, like, I started taking cooking class from, like, age seven. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would have my, like, soccer summer camp. And then right after, I have my cooking camp. Yeah. And I did that from a really young age. And then, like, in high school, we had, like, culinary course. It's, like, it was more than home ec because it was just, like, strictly culinary. Right. So that's where we had all of our, like, a yes chef moments. And that's where it was, like, oh, this is a yelly environment. So after doing that throughout high school, I was, like, I'm done yeah. with, like, the formal that. But, like, I always just kept cooking on my own at home my mom didn't really like cooking much so the kitchen was like my domain like no one bothered me no one's like scoot over while you do like i is my playground so i kind of got like a less formal culinary education you you say that but you're still like amazing (laughs) at cooking and you have like you still know so many terms you're really great what you do so like don't ever diminish your talent because it's really great thank you but yeah it's just it was just different i learned because yeah all the terms and like all of the techniques i just learned 
when I was a kid, right. not as an adult. Right. So it's like almost like it's a very much more of like the way I do things because I didn't have to have anything corrected. Right. Like I learned how to cook the correct in way. a professional way. Yeah. And then and it, and it just kind of became a part of your style. It was mm-hmm. like so like ingrained in you that you don't even think about it too much, which is great. Yeah. It's, it's just very I'm grateful for. Yeah. Shout out mom for hating to cook. <laughs> um. And then uh, one thing also I wanted to say is. If you, again, if you haven't seen Keanu, you're not familiar with Keanu, go to her Instagram, which is um, just Keanu Mojo, right? Yeah, Keanu Mojo, it's, it's, I think I'm the only person on the planet with my name. Yeah. Which Thanks. is fortunate. You're so lucky, so lucky. <laughs> um, but yeah, but she has beautiful photos of both herself and fashion and food, so like, do yourself a favor and follow her and like, check out all of her stuff. I do like food and fashion. Yes. You gotta like, dress nice. Like, I feel like we lost that, like getting dressed up to go to dinner i have lost that i am not someone that dresses up ever <laughs> like i just want to like go have like a dinner reservation and wear like a satin strappy dress like with a leather jacket and yeah just feel comfy we always like say like kiana is like the fanciest person we've ever met like she's so posh so fancy <laughs> um but like when you're around her you kind of like absorb it and you want to like be like her so she's like Basically, she she is the hostess with the mostest. She is like the domestic goddess. She's all those things, and it's um, really mm. wonderful to behold, actually. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay, so now we're getting into the first segment, which is game related. Okay. Um. So this is called fast food favorites. Okay. Essentially, you're going to have one minute to pick out different like categories. So this is like a burger topping. You have to tell me your favorite flavor oh, of all those things. I thought it was about to be like fast food. I'm like, I don't no. eat fast food. Yeah, yeah, That's going to be hard. It's a, it's a play on words. <laughs> well, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no McDonald's for me, unless yeah, yeah. I'm in France. Yeah, no. so, all there's like all different, like, so there's like different categories or whatever of different types of food. And you tell me your favorite flavor of those. And you have to try to get as many as you can under one minute. The score to beat right now is Salorm's 22. But she can like talk fast. I'm a slow talker. So I'm like disadvantaged. Do you want to win or do you not want to win? Oh, boy. Okay, um, like, can so I bring it closer? Bring it I, I feel like I have T-Rex arms. And then I'm gonna start the clock in three, two, oh, oh. and then after you're done, we'll um, we'll like chat about the weird ones because I'm sure some. So I'll ones. just like read it out loud and then say what it is. Yes. Yeah. Okay, what I like. Uh huh. And three, two, one, go. All right. Last supper has to do with fried chicken, uh, dairy item, milk, cheese. Ooh, feta. Oh, that was hard. <laughs> Vegetable. Uh, Ooh, spinach, bagel, everything, mm-hmm. vinegar, red wine, bread, baguette, legumes, lentils, mm-hmm. sandwich, anything on focaccia, um, nut, macrona, almonds, or however you pronounce that. That's right. Herb de Provence, it's a mix, but I love it. Oil, olive oil, cookie, hate them. Um, <laughs> kidding. Uh, lettuce, um, butter. Snack, popcorn, okay. seafood, uh, smoked salmon, actually lox, comfort food, mac and cheese, salad topping, dressing, burger topping, cheese. How many you got? We are going to count them up. Um, I took out one cookie. You can't just say hate them. I don't think that counts as like a favorite flavor. All but right. that's all right. You took out a lot of good ones. That's... So that's a lot. Yes, yeah, that's really good. You might have won. Let's see. Yes. Um, let's count them all up. You, you I count. feel like some of the things I said too aren't true. It's just the first thing that came to oh, mind. Oh, yeah. So one, two. You're three, allowed to correct them now as we talk four, if you want. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 
11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Okay, that's good. That's like middle of the road. That's impressive still. You can put them all back in there. Darn it. I really kind of wanted to win, but I didn't have faith I would, so it's fine. I did better than I thought I would. Yes. Um, and then, so, of those things, like, did any, like, ideas come up that were, like, interesting to talk she about? Should talk about the cookie? Yeah. Like, so why do you hate cookies so much? Because I love cake more, and I, I'll never, no. <laughs> I'll never pick, like, if I have the option and I'm in a bakery... There's no circumstance where I'll ever choose a cookie. Got it. Yeah. Like, they're just, like, they're fine. But, like, cake. I'm the opposite, I think. I, I love mean, cake so much. I think I like to look at cake because I think it's really pretty. But I'm never usually a big, like, ooh, let me, like, get a face full of that cake. Oh. I'd rather have cookies. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. when I drive by a cake shop, I will be on the other side of the road. And I will either make a very legal U-turn or do, like, the <laughs> turn, like, three, like, left turn just to get back to it. I love cake so much, and cookies just don't do it for me. But like, as far as like bakery cookie, you're like fuck cookies. Not for me. Got it. Not for me. Hmm. Alrighty. Well, um, but I do like baking them. They're a nice thing to bake. Yeah. So. And then if you have to have cookies, would you rather have like crispy or like chewy? I guess. You I mean, crispy. the crisp on the outside, yeah. chewy on the inside okay. is like I think the ideal cookie. Uh-huh. And I'll make them. I love baking them. Yeah. I just won't eat them. Got it. Wow. <laughs> I actually did not know that, I don't think. I make a lot of yeah. th- I make a lot of things that I don't just, like to eat. Yeah, you just give away them, yeah. Because I know people like them and I like I don't I like cooking for others more than for myself. Oh, so like I know how yeah. to make all the fan favorites. But I guess that's why I can be a baker and like have self control. Yeah. Because I I just I'm like eh cake. It's for the room, not for me. Yeah, but I can eat like a whole cake by myself, like unfrosted. <laughs> why? It's just it's so good. Um okay, so this was fast food favorites. Now we're done with that one. And the next segment is called What App? Okay. Oh. So essentially, I make you an appetizer. Yes. And then while we're eating the app, we answer questions from social media apps. Oh, these are Got really it. clever. I'm trying to be good with names. I like good I'm puns. I'm into it. And, and this yeah. is like everything I love in food. Yes. Just like tomatoes and bread. Yeah, so let's, I'll give a little like audio descriptor. So basically we have some heirloom tomatoes marinated with garlic, olive oil, salt, and pepper. Mm. Then we also have a little bit of um, like fresh basil in there. And then I made a pesto with uh, pine nuts, basil, all the usual Parmesan, uh, garlic, olive oil. And then just we have some grilled bread. And so we can kind of, you know. This uh, is like literally how I love to eat. Even when it's winter, I pretend it's summer. And mm. if I can get hands on good tomatoes, this is like, this is my all-day, everyday food. Yeah. Um, okay, dig in, and I'll pull up the questions for you, all right? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's good, right? I love bread. Oh. Well, you tell your bread story, because you were already kind of oh. talking about that earlier. My addiction to bread? Yeah. Um, well, I bread is one thing I find. A, it's really hard to find good bread, mm-hmm. um, like proper, proper bread. And today, I went to... A bakery called Fiona and bought a baguette mm. it, very well intending of like all right it's a whole baguette I'll eat some of it now and then in like two days it's gonna be rock hard and then I'll grind it up and make breadcrumbs out of it mm-hmm. and honestly at the rate I'm going I don't know if we'll make it through the night <laughs> <laughs> I just been eating this whole baguette by myself all day putting like you know that grass-fed butter on it mm. And like I eat butter, my like friend Cecile, she's French, and she is always like, "Kiano, you eat butter like it's cheese." And I'm like, "Yes, because it tastes really good." Yeah. Well, I mean, for so many, you know, what, 
hundreds of years, people lived off of mostly just bread, right? So, like, it's such mm-hmm. a good thing for you. And if you mm-hmm. do it right... Oh, mm. my God. Is that good? Tasty? This is literally one and of more my favorite too. things to eat in the world. Good. Yeah. It's just, like, a good marinated tomato on bread. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, too, when you have, like, proper bread, it is very nutritious. Like, when it's, like, a sourdough, it's, like, fermented. Mm-hmm. It's good for you. Bread is not the devil. Mm. This is sourdough bread. This is so good. Thank you. This is everything I love. If I just eat tomatoes, I wonder mm. what that would do to my diet, like to my life. Just like, is there that? negative? Well, if like if I eat tomatoes every day, no. it can have negative effects on one's body. Mm. I love them so much. Mm. Thank you. There's like a tomato diet I could survive off that. Raw tomatoes, tomato sauce, shakshuka, well, all that. I was gonna say, I'm like the same way. I, you know, I love like I love tomato paste and like everything. I love sauces. I love marinara. I'm a huge tomato guy as well. This is so good. All right, so let's answer some questions for the segment. What app? I just love the name. What app? Um. Okay. So the first ones are gonna come from Instagram. Okay. And um, essentially, I about a day before I film, which is um, a day after the previous episode will go up on Fridays or Saturdays, so usually Sunday, I'll ask a question on my Instagram, Matthew Francis J, and that's where you can submit your question and have it be on the show. So this person, FertEQW, F-E-R-T-E-Q-W, says, uh, can she do more Trinidadian dishes, and what are her favorite ones? Ooh, Trinidad. So... I've never made Trinidadian dishes before, but my mom had a really good friend um, when I was growing up called Liselle, and she's from Trinidad. And I ate the food. I remember loving the food, Mm -hmm. but I haven't really had much of it since. You know, in California, we don't have like a huge Caribbean population. So I more so got familiar with like foods from that region, like when I was in college, like in New York. But I didn't really have much Trini. Like my roommate was like Jamaican, so I got some stuff like that. Yeah. But Trini food, no. But I feel like I would like it. Like to learn more, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to know more. But it's definitely a region that I'm probably like less familiar with, particularly like from the diaspora. Yeah. I don't know too much about it. Maybe this person was Trinidadian and just wanted you to make them food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, when did you know you wanted to professionally work in food? Like what age, I assume? Oh. Yeah. We can correlate that with whatever year Emerald Live came out. Emerald Live, really? Yeah. Because I always loved cooking. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was just, like, fun. Like, I would be that weird kid. I was so weird. Um, I would literally, like, put on an apron and a notepad and, like, take my family's, like, orders on, like, a Tuesday night for dinner. Yeah. what do you want to drink? (laughs) And, like, it would set the table. So maybe I thought I was, like, restaurant, but, like, I don't have a personality to like be in a restaurant kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's too stressful for me. And I like, for me, cooking is just like chill. Like, yeah, it's relaxing, it's joyful, like in no way. Because I've done, like I had a pop-up restaurant and that was madness. Yeah, yeah. Holy moly. That was a lot. But it was like when I watched Emerald Live, I saw this like, he made cooking the entertainment, which right. I thought was so cool. Yeah. Because, like, usually it's, like, in addition to where it's, like, people are having fun watching him cook. And I loved how, like, people are, like, on the bar stools, like, 
you know, watching is, like, interacting with cooking. And it's, like, very much, like, reflective of, like, cooking in my home. I'll invite friends over. I have, like, a couple bar stools that hang on my kitchen. And we hang out while cooking. Yeah, totally. And I'm like, this is a life. Like, to me, it seemed like the best life ever. Yeah. Um, And, like, I thought it was, like, that would be so cool to do. I mm-hmm. never thought it could be a job for me. Yeah. Like, not till like, I was in my, like, early, mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Um, But that was when I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like, Emerald did it for me. And we've had, um, uh, you know, a little bit of experience doing that kind of stuff. But I just feel like there's going to be more and more in the future where it's like we kind of have more control over what we can do and you know we kind of will be the stars of our own show versus like the, the you know little robots making stuff <laughs> um great okay so now we're going to go to a twitter question twitter this is from Jury Dio Wang uh what is your favorite food hmm your, like one yeah your one favorite food That's, if you had to choose just one it's not like a politician, but I can't answer that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't choose. I don't have a favorite anything. No. I've never had favorites. Never had a favorite color. So I kind of like more of like a flavor of the week. How uh, democratic and political of you. Yeah. But I would say like right now, I'm really into like any crisp roast meat. Okay. Like juicy on the inside, crisp on the outside. Like it can be anything. I'm happy to eat it. Great I'm choice. like, I'm very like, Always it's like, good. I'm like the, I'm a not picky, picky eater. Mm. Like, I know what I like. I like what I like. But what I like is like pretty simple. It's like not hard. It's like, just put some salt and tomatoes and on some bread and I'm happy. Right. I like that. Made it easier for me to cook tonight, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to YouTube. And this person asks in the YouTube community section, uh, what is the best way to cook shrimp? Best way to cook shrimp. Yeah. So I hate shrimp with the peel on because it's just so messy. And if I'm eating, I just want to eat and not do too much work. Mm -hmm. So if it's like peeled shrimp, I think the best way is really just like on the stove, sear it. You don't really need too much seasoning because if you're going to cook it hot, it's going to burn. Right. And that like can cause just a lot of people putting like loads of seasoning on shrimp and then it just like charred off in seconds. Yeah. Um, Also, they're so small. So if you put too much seasoning, you're just going to... Tastes like a salt lick, you know. Yeah. So, you know, just like a little bit of salt and pan fry it is like a great weeknight thing. But I actually really most enjoy shrimp and like a curry. Mm-hmm. You know? Like just like put it in like almost like you're pooching it in that liquid. Like I think shrimp and like a green curry is solid. Nice. Okay. All right. Now, the last one that we'll do is from Facebook. This is from a person named Tai Ng, so T A E N G G. I've never tried authentic Kenyan food. What is the first thing I should try making? Ooh, making. Yeah. I'd say mandazi. Okay, yeah. Explain what that is. So, mandazi is a Kenyan donut. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really simple. It can be a yeasted donut, but I don't even bother with it. I, lo- I don't like the flavor of the yeasted one. Okay. Um, so it's like simple, it's like flour, and you can do, I do a coastal sal one, which is like with coconut milk, some cardamom, and baking powder, and you just like make a really quick dough, yeah. and like deep fry them, and they are super soft, they're really good. They're like the, the pillowy, yeah, they're like, 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 oh. They're just so good, and they're yeah. like very, kind of food for, it isn't 
what people like people don't know much about it and it's very different than our neighbor ethiopia mm. where they have like this like heavy spice food they have this like fermented flatbread bread and jera so it's like very like it's a lot more Strong. bold flavors yeah. i mean there's some dishes that are like so mild but kenyan food is really really simple mm-hmm. um and kind of like stripped down but mandazi is just like they're great it's kind of like similar to a beignet mm-hmm. if you ever had that mm-hmm. Just with different flavorings, so you have the coconut, milk, and cardamom in there. But there's even plain mandazis, which have none of that. Maybe a touch of cinnamon. Mm-hmm. But they're, like, who doesn't love donuts? No. I actually, I've had them before you made them. And that's, like, one of my favorite donuts I've ever had. Because usually when I have donuts, they're way too sweet. Mm. And I don't like that. And I also don't like, I don't like cakey stuff. And ah. these are much more pillowy. It's like, like bread, yeah. Yeah, I, that I saw it was favorite. And like, and then I liked that since it wasn't so sweet, I could really taste a little bit of the coconut and the cardamom. And I was just like, whoa. So, yeah. yeah. Mandazi, for sure. As far as making. Yeah. Um, but there's like lots of great things. You, a stew, like a simple beef and potato stew with chapatis. Mm. Really great. Um, palau is bomb. And that's actually fairly easy to make, too. Mm-hmm. This takes a bit of time, but... Palau is another good one. If you want like a savory meal meal, yeah, I'd go for that. Amazing. Okay, so that was the segment What At. Now that we've kind of eaten our appetizers and we've finished a few questions, we're going to actually move on to the dinner. Woohoo. Oh gosh, I could eat this all day. This is dinner, dessert, <laughs> snack time. Well, be ready because there's a lot more coming. Oh boy, um, I'm excited. And this next, next segment is called um, Dream Dish. So while I'm plating you your dream dish, you have to think of something that you're going to dish for me and tell me a secret that you kind of never really told anyone before. That way we have like a secret like that we can share with our time together. Oh my God, a secret? Yeah. Crap. You don't have to like, it doesn't be like your deep darkest thing, just like something you never really told someone. Hmm. You have time to think. I'll be right back. This is hard. It's also my mind goes to like a very dark place because I watch way too much Gossip Girl while growing up. (laughs) Some like secrets are like life learning in my mind. I don't think I have any. My oh, God, it's so sizzling. I have to serve you hot food. Mm, mm, mm. Does the food look good? Oh my God, this is like literally. You know, this is like my favorite. Sometimes I like to pretend that I'm in like living the summer Italian lifestyle in the countryside and like on the terrace eating. You know, to bruschetta, milanese, and like all mm. this stuff. Like, mind you, I've never even seen Italian countryside. But in my little apartment, that's the life I'm living in my head. It looks kind of <laughs> like it. Your apartment is definitely channeling those vibes. And um, of course, I kind of sent Keanu a text uh, earlier this week saying, What would be your dream dinner? And this is what she had said. And of course, I always have a few liberties to make it my own. But um, so here we have chicken milanese, which is basically like a pounded chicken breast that is uh, breaded with flour, eggs, breadcrumbs, and it has like, it's a season, so there's um, some garlic, some parsley, some salt and mm. pepper in there, and we have some fresh lemon to squeeze over. Mm. Then here is an arugula salad with yes. some more tomatoes, parmesan, um, a little bit of pecans, and a lemon dressing, which I will put over it soon. And then here we have some crepe Suzette, yes. which is basically like homemade crepes that you uh, kind of coat in like a orangey buttery sauce and usually mm. you can like light them on fire but we're not gonna do that in my tiny little apartment here today um yeah so i'll start i'm kind of dishing you some food all right this is like my happy meal it's so funny because it's like as much as like i can get fussy and like i have like spices up the wall who have like my spice cupboard mm-hmm. and then i have extra spice box for the spices i don't fit in the spice cupboard mm-hmm. 
But then, like, simple meals like this are the ones that I, like, love the most. I was going to say, it is a very simple dinner. I love arugula. You know what's the weirdest thing about when I was living in England? What? It's like, we all know uh, British English. I know original English. Uh, is different than American English. Mm -hmm. But there's some word differences we have that just blow my mind. And this is one of them. Oh, yeah. Rocket is theirs. Rocket. Yeah. I think, what is that? Probably like Italian. It sounds like not. It's not English. I think we borrowed it from a foreign country. Yeah. Which is funny because they borrow loads of their words from like the French. Like what we call eggplant they call aubergine which yeah. is like super french yeah and then zucchini's courgette courgette they steal everything from the french or borrow yeah. everything from the french but then when it comes to like arugula instead of taking you know a nice word mm-hmm. rocket yeah because of the the shape looks like well i guess a rocket ship yeah i mean it's fun um okay but wait, so you still didn't give me like a secret. I know you said you couldn't think of a secret. I don't have secrets. But then I have another way we could kind of um, switch it up a bit because maybe it's not like an internal secret, but you are from um, the Maasai tribe in Kenya and not mm-hmm. the world is it's kind of a secret to the world because not many people know about it. Ah. So that could be interesting. Like I- I've learned a little bit um, through my time learning from you and your-, your mom telling me things, but tell the people what's so cool about the Maasai tribe in Kenya. So it's so funny because like for Maasai people, we are not like the face of the country, but it's like, I think disproportionately presented mm. rep- like in the country. Like as soon as you arrive uh, in the Jomo Kenyatta airport in Nairobi, you see like photos of like Maasai people smiling. It's like, welcome to Kenya. But um, I was really shocked to find out that we only make up around 2% of the population. Oh, shoot. Like we're teeny, 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 tiny. Um, but I think the reason why there has like been so much intrigue around the Maasai is that like we've been like very culturally preserved. Mm-hmm. So you know, post colonialism, like you know, there's like a lot of changes between like bringing this British culture and like everyone having a traditional culture. Where I feel like Maasai like kind of try to hold on to those traditions They're best like- can. Yeah, and like kind of like stayed off a bit, which is like changing like at a rapid rate. Mm-hmm. Um, like last summer we went and we shot a video of doing like our traditional way of barbecuing. My grandparents, we have a ranch, which is like Maasai people, we are like ranchers and stuff. Like we've always like looked after livestock and that's like kind of what we like lived off of. So it's a business end as well as like the way we had food. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like very typical on a Sunday, slaughter an animal, barbecue, all that stuff. But instead of like the younger guys doing it the younger guys are doing it but the older generations like my grandparents generation are telling them what to do and that's not traditional at all but it's because the young ones are like you know everyone lives in the city and they're working and they're doing this stuff so they're not home full-time they only go back home like to the country on the weekends right and like monday through friday they're in the city and then like literally a lot of people go home back like messiah people go back to like their family like more rural areas on the weekend so they're not full-time and they don't know all the traditions they don't know the way to butcher the animal without direction from like their parents wow. which has never been a thing before mm. because like people are living in two worlds now yeah but it's really i think it's really cool still like how like having grown up in california mm-hmm. i was able to spend my summers in kenya my grandparents because like when you're a kid they're like Here's three months to run around and do nothing. And my mom's like, what do we do? Yeah. So I spent a lot of my summers there with my grandparents. Like, mm-hmm. And they have like a ranch in the mountains. So like there was nothing, yeah. nothing else to do but like hop in and do the ranch work. Yeah. And like 
help round up the goats and like cows to make sure they didn't get eaten by lions because that's a thing. Mm. You have to like make sure they're all there because if they're not in the pen, they won't just get lost. There'll be dinner for one of the big cats in the area, yeah. which I think most of them are gone, but I know we still have leopards okay. in the area. That's uh, scary. Have you ever like seen one kind of face to face? Uh, when I was nine, I came face to face with a cheetah. <gasps> Whoa. Because <laughs> um, back then, like my grandparents had a very traditional home and every building is its own thing. So the kitchen is its own building and like the oh. like residential is its own building and then the bathroom is its own. So it's nighttime. I'm in the bathroom. I open the door and there it is just looking back at me to close the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to sleep in here tonight. <laughs> I know, but... um. It was like, it's like a really small, it was like, you know, made out of like tin, like literally like those like wavy tin stuff. So it's like very fragile and there's like tiny little holes in the tin and there's about like nine dogs on the ranch and these dogs are there to like protect the animals yeah. from these wild animals. Right. And all you have to do is whistle uh, and they'll come. But I was nine <laughs> and he didn't know how. So I spent like a half hour like leaning against this hole trying to like get anything out. Because um, like, it's not even just a whistle, you have to do a whistle. It's like... And then they'll come. Got it. Nine-year-old me could not do that. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I just, like, tried and finally got enough noise where, like, the animals, the dogs came. Then I heard, like, fighting. And then I heard a gap of silence. And then I just bolted. I just left and, like, ran for my little life. And I, like, get in the house. I'm like, Mom, it was with me. I saw the yellow eyes. And she was like, no, it must have been a dog. And I'm like, I, I know what I saw. Yeah. And she, like... That's very your mom to be like, no, it was a dog. No, it was fine. Yeah. But I, later on, like, every time I went to Kenya as a kid, something almost killed me. <laughs> like, I've had, like... I've been followed by, like, a black mamba snake. Oh, shit. Which are, like, the most poisonous yeah. in our house is, like, in the mountains. Like, I would have made to a hospital with my tiny body. Like, I've gone to our watering tank, and there's just, like, a big elephant bull hanging out there. And I was like, I'm gonna turn back and go... But my mom, every time, she's like, no, it wasn't what you saw. Because she just didn't want to panic me uh, to the point And being like, yeah, she did almost die. And then, like, I'll probably be like, we're never going to grandma's again. Right, okay. So that was smart of her then. Yeah, so she tried to, like, hype it down. Yeah. In order for me to, like, not be, like, afraid to leave the house. Great. Essentially. Well, that's enough of a secret to me, I think. That's, like, <laughs> I like, I like, I like 20 secrets. Um, okay, good. Well, See, to me, secrets are, like, scandalous. Right. Like, life-ruining... Well, just, yeah, I just, yeah, more so it means, like, share something that we haven't ever heard about you. So, like, oh. that would be enough. Is this all this information. So, yeah, let's try it now. What mm. did you, did you try the chicken yet, or what did you bite mm, into? I'm chicken. Okay. So good. So moist. Oh, yeah. This is so great. It's so funny, because, like, I've never been keen. You know, like, the fried chicken, where it's, like, that really thick, thick, like, crunch coating on mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. I hate that. I like it light. Like, I don't want the batter to, like... Compete with the chicken. This is um, just a one-time batter. And mm -hmm. I put double back in the breadcrumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I don't like double coated. The lemon juice on top of the chicken is really good, too. Mm-hmm. I'm so into this. This is, like, the food that I can eat all day, every day, never get tired from, but also not feel gross from eating. Yeah. Because, like, especially if I have something fried, I like having it with, like, a light salad and something acidic to, like, counteract. Oh, for sure. Like... I couldn't do, like, fried chicken with mashed potatoes. Yeah, no. It's too much. Like, somebody will have to roll me home. Mm -hmm. Roll me to the car, and then, like, roll me to my front door. Yeah. And what's nice is, like, all this stuff really is, like, very citrusy. So even though we are having fried chicken and, like, dessert, it's, it's, we're going to be fine after, you know? 
I mean, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm going to be feeding you a lot, so maybe you won't be as fine, but I will be. <laughs> I won't be that. I won't be that full. I love this. This is like, this is all Yay. the food I could ever ask for. Yay! Can I request foods all the time? Listen, this is great. Well, hey, you know, you're always welcome over. We always, we have dinner parties and I usually bring stuff, but maybe I, I need to host some more of my own. Mm. Um, okay, so while we're, we can still keep eating, but... I just kind of want to, you know, dive deeper into Kiana's psyche. So this is um, the, like, actual, like, dinner view part. All right. So just, like, um, you've had, like, a really interesting career so far. Obviously, we did BuzzFeed Tasty together, but, like, you've also done a lot with, like, food publishing. And so, like, for you, and I know you've kind of told me that we're, like, you know, standing in for the show, but what is, like, your kind of career goal? What do you want to do with your life? So I've always said... Like, my industry is I want to be in the business of culinary education. So anything I do, whether it be, like, in print publishing or video, I want it to be useful mm-hmm. as, like, a learning tool. Mm-hmm. Um, food is kind of, like, that weird that weird realm of edutainment. Totally. Where it's, like, you can get very practical knowledge from it as well as be entertained. Um, but I think... What really drove me to want to have this type of career in food is like the whole teaching thing. That's why like restaurants are for like I would love to like maybe like have a restaurant one day mm-hmm. where I don't have to be in the kitchen because right. just own. Oh uh, yeah, but yeah. um, but for me it's really about like teaching people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just so many ways of doing that. Like my background is like bit of like a mixed media one where like I you know did my grad in traditional publishing and. Boy, that was like old school. Like, here's how you print. Here's the type of paper mm. you print on, and here's how you cut it. And like, how to learn how to bind books by hand, and all of that. Um, sure. But there's like a great power in cookbooks and all of that. And I love print. It's still like a really great tool. Mm-hmm. But I also understand like the power of video and like how the access to it and how many people you can reach. Um, and so like whatever tools like our technology and like world bring to us to like help spread education about how to make things about telling people's stories through food Mm -hmm. um i think educating people about other cultures is like a big one for me um but not just to be like hey check out this country with the stuff you've never heard of but really to allow groups to have a voice um to represent themselves um particularly with like with kenya a lot of the media I've seen growing up about Kenya have been like one of two things, highlighting and celebrating our wildlife because it is so vast. It's like everything from the Lion King is like in my grandparents' backyard. <laughs> right, right. Like all of it, um, <laughs> which is really cool and like which brings in so much tourism and everything. But when it comes to like our people and culture, the only representation I saw in media were those like late night ads for nonprofits where it's like the starving oh, children and oh. like and that's a representation a lot of pretty much the whole continent of like of Africa particularly sub-Saharan Africa has had yeah. it's like come for the wild nights and help these really poor people and of course there's like it's a you know a lot of developing nations like yeah. there are needs and I think it's great for people to never forget that even though you're living a great life there are people who are in need mm-hmm. but there's also people who are happy and like 
have this like fantastic life and a lot of great culture that isn't really celebrated mm-hmm. um, outside of those spaces. So people, there's not a fair representation. Yeah. And I don't want it just to be like outside people coming in and being like, look at this stuff. It's like, let people have a voice of showing you. It's yeah. like, you can go to someone's house and show them around or they can show you around their own house. Yeah, so like and, em- empowering and like giving resources that they can they can fully showcase their own culture. Yeah, like a lot of people have a voice in their own food. That's why yeah. I was really happy. Um, like when Claire, one of like our former um, co-workers at Tasty and I like went, mm-hmm. I was like, it was vacation for me, but I was like, I want to shoot videos while I'm here mm-hmm. because I want to be able to have a chance to let us speak for ourselves. Yeah. And like, you know, Kenya's always been seen and for me shown highlight in those like two other categories i'm like no like we're here and i'm gonna like show you from like as much as i can from like my perspective of being like kenyan and like perspective of, like the people that we met while out there um of like this is us and this is our culture rather than outside people being like look at these people and this fascinating thing they have like no columbus syndrome like i'm yeah. so over it yeah. and like really frustrated and bored by it of like check out this weird thing these people are doing yeah and like there's also a lot of commonalities too yeah like finding those are really fun for me like i was gonna say like when you kind of had that like columbus narrative or like the colonialism thing it's like it's almost like they look at a new culture as like a monolith whereas like there's there's has to be range in every single place you go right and like i think there's that's when it becomes really exciting to learn from when you have both like obviously the people that you know, maybe need more help in developing like even poorer cities or poorer towns or whatever. But then you there's probably like higher up, more like luxurious and just like the range yep. of what can be different is what's fascinating. I think we only would get that through if you weren't outsider from like so much time and research whereas you can literally just be like, Hey, wanna tell me about it? Yeah. Easier. No, people if you ask people about yeah. themselves with genuine interest, you'll learn so much. Yeah. So I think that's like kind of I think for part of our jobs was like to surprise people with food particularly when you're making viral content Mm -hmm. i think a big part for me is yes it's great to invent something new but there is a lot of stuff that people still don't know about Mm -hmm. and there's i think a fair way Mm -hmm. of presenting that information where you're not like stealing from anyone's culture or anything but like truly like highlighting and like celebrating like all the things that we have to offer yeah well let's talk about that too because we, we've always had these conversations about just like how white and European a lot of food media is. Mm. And like, I would love to like obviously document a lot of that conversation because like, I think there's such a missed opportunity for like, even like there's certain things that's like even for Shanique where she wants me to make her some um, like authentic like Jamaican food, right? And mm-hmm. I know like a version of it, but I want like the real stuff. And she shared some found recipes, but when I went online to go look, like the amount, it's like so hard to find. Whereas mm-hmm. like, imagine how much more the food world could be if we had authentic like recipes written from people that are living in Ethiopia, Kenya, and like in those places and like it's like access for everyone in the world to like read and learn from. Yeah. And so yeah, like what what are your opinions on like European food media and like what you hope the future is? Um it's funny cuz like there's kind of like one of two ways like the US and UK have like very very different food media cultures like right. I never really saw much of like British food. Like everyone's like, "How you're a food person? How can you live in England?" And I was like, "I mean, I was living in London. It's uh, to me, it was just a sample of the world." Right. 
and a lot of the food media comes out of London, if not almost all of it. Um, so it reflected a lot more of like an international palette. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like all the companies I was like interning at or would meet were still like very like white and very English. What was like the normal, what people were eating, like what people were familiar with is like they know without having to be like, oh, that's interesting. Right. Was a lot more diverse than what I was used to in America. Right. Where there's like, I know there's like a whole lot of thing of like if someone's going to Ethiopia and it's like, oh, we're going to do this adventurous thing. Right. Rather than being like, I want, I'm just craving this food. It's right. like a lot more of like a an event and it's not very normalized um, where I think curry is England's national dish. Right, yeah. Like something that is foreign is like fully integrated into the culture. Yeah. Um, so I put a separation between the two, but I don't know. I just think there's just like a, such a limit of voices in food media. Yeah. Um, you have the chef restaurant world, which is still very like male dominated. It's um, has a very certain age demographic, yeah. a lot of white dudes. Yeah. Um, and then like food media, domestic food media is like very female dominated, mm-hmm. very, but like homemaker, mm-hmm. like housewife, um, like very, so it's still like not representative of a lot of things. And then, when people outside of those like dominant groups break into those industries, they kind of like get their lane right. of like, okay, like, yes, you can come in and like make cook for us, but like, why don't you just show us like that food? Like I'm excited for there to be like more famous black chefs who aren't doing soul food. Right, right, right. Cause it's kind of like the lane yeah. that I think that like, at least for um, black chefs have been given. Which is why you said you said like I'll never make fried chicken on camera or whatever. Hell like, no. Yeah, like that same. Sort but of it's thing. like also like because like for me that's like not my culture. Like yeah. I don't know anything more about it being brown than like anything. Like I've eaten it, but it's not part. Of, I have no lineage, no history, like no attachment to it because I'm first generation. Right. Um, and like we're so nasty really about Trinidadian food. Like there's so yeah. many faces and voices and like cuisine types, but you kind of like still get like brought into like one category, yeah. and I'm like. I can't tell you any more than like someone who's like from Mexican background. Like I've, because I, and it's weird because being brown in America is that we have like a shared black experience because yeah. exterior wise, we all to like, no one can really tell the difference between uh, Americans, Caribbeans, Africans, but our cultures, our houses are completely different. Yeah. So I don't know, like that's not the food I know anything about, like more so than I would know about Chinese food. Right. Yeah. I know about it because they've had it and they've researched and they like made recipes, but I have no family lineage to it. I don't get grow up having it. It's not the food we have like on holidays, like none of that. Yeah. Um, so I think just like giving people like voices to make whatever the hell they want is kind yeah. of the overall thing. If you want to make your cultural food, do it. Yeah. If you want to be a pastry chef, do it. Like let people make what they want and teach what they want as long as they have the skills and talent behind it. The boxes it shouldn't really exists but i feel yeah. like if you look at like who's out there they're in a lot of boxes and yeah. there's people breaking out of it um but overall very compartmentalized yeah yeah and then okay so uh so we kind of talked about a little about food and about your background now is there any other things just like in like kind of like the pop culture or newsy stuff that you're really jazzed up about now that you want to talk about anything in the world that just like activist stuff? Is there anything in that realm that you're interested in? Oh. Yeah. 
I love to go deep and like what are you what are you like obsessed with right now currently what am I obsessed with that isn't food I'm gonna mm-hmm. I always joke about this where I'm like I need a hobby that isn't my occupation because mm-hmm. like my hobbies become my job right now I need a hobby that isn't food because mm-hmm. I'm like a nerd like everything I do is like I eat sleep and breathe like food media stuff mm-hmm. But the things that, like, really intrigue me are just, like, any, like, advancements in, like, technology. Mm. Like, those are really, really cool. I went to, I've been traveling for the past couple weeks, and I just came from Amsterdam. It was my first time in Holland, um, which is, like, first of all, if Amsterdam has not been on your travel list, it should be. I want to go. Like, I knew I would like it, but holy moly, it's just, like, expectations were, like, already good, but it exceeded. Mm. Like exponentially we went to an art gallery um and it was very the art gallery had exhibit that had to do with the apartheid because you know the dutch are the ones that colonized south africa so that whole separation um between the dutch and then the black south africans was within my lifetime it's like early 90s Mm. um it was yes it literally was just like the other day and that to me like made me feel so weird like as I'm like sitting somewhere in the world playing on the playground with my friends from all these different countries there are kids my age same situation of side of the planet who are like you can't do that yeah and like obviously there's always like opposed to anything and I'm sure the country's not perfect but the fact that that that's gone now and then Nelson Mandela is president like a lot mm. can change in a very very short amount of time mm. Uh, I guess, well, if he's in charge, like, I think it really comes down with who's leading the country. I know, but he went from prison, yeah. from being imprisoned to the president. Like, radical change always comes. Like, same goes with, like, every, not every, because there's still some conflicts that have been going on way too long. Right. But I think with time, like, time is, like, the ultimate healer of everything. Totally. Like, everything that's, like, crap now will iron itself out because with each generation comes new ideas new passions new feelings like my youngest brother is what is he gen z what are they called gen z like i'm on the are you you one of them i'm on the line of gen z and i feel old yeah like the the year i am is like the break the breaker but the way he sees the world yeah is so different yeah than me yeah I i think it's because we have social media that really like allows you like to see like people from all around the world and just like have like different opinions all in one like timeline of sorts. yeah but it only works if you're able to be like i'm gonna get my news from this outlet and this outlet and like really get a good picture versus like the just like the faking news i think it's also like culture like yeah. what's cool mm-hmm. is like so much more universal like i can bounce from country to country to country which i'm like is like my favorite thing to do and i'm so lucky i can mm-hmm. but when i look at the youth they're all the same the things that the kids are wearing here in LA, the ones in Paris, the ones in London, the ones in Nairobi, they're all so similar. You can put all those kids in like one room and they'll all have fun and have loads of things to talk about. Got it. Like there's they're all, they're all watching popular media. Yeah, there's so yeah. much more like one culture and there's like there's just so much more like in common. Plus like they grew up with this access where like I saw the change. Mm-hmm. Like I remember still like having if I had a print of paper, I had to put on the floppy disk. Yeah. I grew up in a time millennials. We grew up in like the turn of technology where mm-hmm. like Gen Z grew up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I'm, like very different. I came into, I still had, we, my family had a really old computer. 
Um, I came in like when jump drives were a thing, so floppy disks were before me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I kind of joined like the internet when like Facebook came around, like when I was a freshman. So I didn't have like I never did MySpace um, or any of the other things. You like, never had Facebook. to do a top eight. No, I don't know what that is. Is that with MySpace? My on MySpace, you had to like pick your eight favorite people. Yeah. And put them on your like top eight friends on your profile. Oh, so that can be like dramatic if you like mm-hmm. excluded a friend. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, it's like I think I was a freshman in high school when like Facebook I think started and I got a Facebook and that was like my first time. Uh, next question is throughout your career so far, like what have been like the hardest like setbacks or like what have been like the hardest hurdles for you so far? I definitely would say the hardest was like kind of like finding the purpose in my work. I think with everything, mm. you have like your dream and you're like, I want to do this as a career. But like no one really prepares you for is like the role that career will have in your life. Mm. When you're working like full time, it is like a bulk of your life. And like yeah. in America, like it's funny. I have like friends who are Scandinavian who will point out of like, for them, their identity is not tied to their occupation. Where in America, it's like people ask, what do you do? Because mm. it's, like, it's like a part of who you are. And mm-hmm. it's like, in a weird way, it's like a reflection of like your personality. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be that way. Your job should just be your job and you are you. Yeah. And they're not the same. But I feel like as a creative, you can't. It's like, it's kind of like the whole point of like doing some sort of like any kind of art, which yeah. is always weird. Like I went to art school for undergrad and grad school. And both the times I was like, who let me in here? I feel like an imposter. Because uh, like, I don't feel like an artist, you know? Yeah. You like, are. Are you kidding me? But I mean, like, I yeah. feel like. I'm like a scientific based artist. Like the way I Edible cook. Artist. Yeah, yeah, I I cook from like logic and science more f- than from passion. Right. Okay. Like that's like I don't feel I like it's it's very I have a very scientific approach to how I cook. So I think finding like doing a job where you're getting paid to like write recipes and like teach people how to cook never seemed like a possibility for me. I thought my career in food would come in my 40s. The hurdle was, is this something that I want for a career? Should this stay my hobby? Mm. Um, and that was like very much so because like it's passion and I loved it. And then I get in the space where I realize that, kind of we were talking about earlier, there's such a lack of representation and voices. And the reason why I learned that wasn't because I was like, I went to a job and like my career analyzed, the audience let me know from day one right, yeah, yeah. that we had a lack of representation. Because as soon as my first video went out, there was an overwhelming number of comments that were like, very Jim Crow era, racist, tasty, go back to using white hands only. And then I was just like, what the hell? And then like, I looked back and I was like looking at old content. I'm like, wow, they're like little to no brown hands ever here, except for when there's like a celebrity and it was like, you know, like Terry Crews talking about like, here's how you make my thing. Or like beyond that, there was nothing. Um, And within literally my first video, I realized that my job wasn't gonna be able to just be to make recipes yeah. because I wasn't in a position for that and like the world we live in wouldn't allow for that and it would have to be something more yeah. um, of making way for people who you're not used to seeing teaching you how to do things or whatever and making a space for not just myself but for other people who come from the non-dominant backgrounds yeah. to have like room. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of like very quickly became the objective of what I wanted and it was hard because it wasn't what I set out to do by taking the job. I was gonna make recipes and 
it was like very hard to like make stuff that people weren't asking for yeah mm-hmm. and like kind of like asking to have less of they were like literally like can you not make videos anymore we don't like looking like like at, like your hands or like your skin tone and so it was like hard to like push on and like do not just the content but like find you know my teammates like you guys and like everyone else to like also help increase the representation the best we can by like collaborating with more people just so kind of like condition folks just to get over yeah. it get over it just and get like, over and it once they get over it they're like oh shit there is so much i don't know like how yeah. cool and but yeah i think that was the hurdle that i'm really glad we kind of at least started i think now now that we're gone i don't know what they're gonna be doing like i mean overall though it's like it's all of food media yeah yeah. um it's a lot of parts of media i think 2018 in media was like a big year of like starting the conversation about why representation matters um but like it's something that's gonna be with me my entire career yeah like i can't shake it i I am who i am i can't can't hide it Mm -hmm. (laughs) my perspective is of one of you know african lens um you know, but still having lived in America and like other places, like it's the way I see things won't be like anyone else. I look the way I do, I talk the way I do. Um, it's all with me. Yeah. So it's the not the hard part of like having to do it because just like living life, but of like I think as soon as I started my career, realizing that I was gonna have goals and objectives at that. I didn't realize I had to until I was there. But as right. soon as I got there, it's like... Yeah. So, like, so like the, hurdle, the hurdle was when you thought you would have been welcome, you you felt you weren't, but then you pushed past that and now through that you found, like, your purpose. Yeah. Which is amazing. Because I thought I was just going to, like, make yeah. food and, like, let it be fun, which I still am. Yeah. But it does come with, like, a lot more. Mm. Um, And it's, like, I think it's a conscious effort. So not only for myself, but like for the other producers and people I meet around to help increase the awareness and like, because with every cause you need allies. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way anything gets done to like let people know like, hey, this is how I'm saying things. And a lot of people are like, oh, I never realized that. What can I do to also help? Yeah. Um, and I think that's like huge for me. Okay. So let's keep finishing the dessert. I'm glad you like it. Um, the next thing I'm going to do is ask you a question from here because in the dinner views guest book, everyone kind of signs their name and then they write a question for the next person. Oh, that's cool. So Sheila, she wrote, um, this is a question for you. And she said, what is the mark that you want to leave in this world? Oh, I kind of touched on it a yeah, bit. Yeah, we did. Um, I have two marks. One is for like my people, mm-hmm. for my tribe. And like, I really would love to do a project that helps like preserve the story of our culture, preserve those traditions, those stories, those like ways that like were once a thing of the past, just so they don't fade. Yeah. Uh, Both physically and digitally would be great. Or like, yeah, I think, yeah, like it was immersive. I think it'd be so cool if there was like a Maasai museum or cultural center. Wow. That'd be dope. Okay. And then what was the second one? Um, the second one is just like, I think it's just like a lot more general, but just help, inspire motivate people mm-hmm. to not order delivery and cook <laughs> yeah i'm the same way mm-hmm. like i get tempted to order delivery and like i save myself by the just like inspire people to like do for oneself and learn yeah. not because it's like a necessary life skill but i think a lot of great things happen 
around the table, a lot of community, you have people living in major cities and they're lonely and they're by themselves and they're, you know, a lot of depression around it. And it's just like people to feel that they can just call up a couple of friends and like have them around the table and like feel confident to do that. Yeah. Um, and just like gather around food. Yeah, in the same way. It's like, I think one of my biggest passions is like bringing food back into the home and realizing that it's such a huge part of like human history and human connection. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just so innate. And I feel like we've lost that in the last few decades. And like, I want to hopefully with other amazing people be a part of like bringing that back just to everyday uh, like life, you know? Yeah, and no, I think it's uh, it's like a part of like who we are. Yeah, it's like, as humans. Yeah, eat together, join together, cook together. Mm-hmm. All the best things happen around food. Great. So, you're going to write your, um, we're going to have you sign your name in the official guest book and then write a question for our guest next week. And but I don't tell because then you'll, they'll find out next yeah, week. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be a surprise. Okay. So you can keep it a secret and I'll get you a pen. Ooh, it's a long question. A long question. This is fun. Yay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Great. You're gonna wait till next week. I don't. I don't look at it until um, next week. That's like a good uh, self control. Isn't that fun? And then yeah. So this has kind of been the dinner view. What did you think of all the food? And how did you think of your time with me tonight? I literally can wake up, eat those tomatoes, but everything is so good. Like I couldn't. Good. It's hard to put a fork down, but yeah. gosh, those tomatoes. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then like my last few questions are always just like, if you could talk to like a younger Keanu, like what would you? What kind of advice would you give her? Younger me. Yeah. Even though, like, I definitely feel like all the choices I made have led me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. But younger me, I would say, don't feel like your dreams are too big. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely the one. Every kid, I think, needs to know that because I feel like people just get shot down so easily and that's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Yeah, never dream smaller than you feel like you should. Literally nothing is stopping the world is always there. I think you're usually your worst enemy. Mm. That's my nice. uh, advice to my younger self. Great. Um, that was a good one. And then is there anything else you want to say to like anyone who's watching that they made it all the way through this entire hour of talking and eating and like ASMR sounds? I really hope you eat while watching this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I want. I want people to like get a snack and like sit down and eat with us while we're chatting. Like yeah. that's what I want. And it's just like... We're your company while you're meal prepping. We're your company while you're eating. We're your company when you're like, you want lunch, but you're on the treadmill still and you're like ready to eat afterwards. Ooh. Like, yeah. But yeah, yeah, but that's what I want. So good. Yeah. Like, get a snack and enjoy your time with Keanu and I. Yay. So thank you. That's a dinner view. Thank that's you for it. cooking for me. Of course. Give me a hug. Thanks, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Yay. Wasn't this fun? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming. Of course. Should I cut? That's done.